peoples of the worldwide federated internet. What's good? So I'm not going to do a long intro today. I'm just going to try to get right to it and uh, get to this uh, continuing saga with the Lord Jesus Christ dealing with Nicodemus. So without further ado, let's get into this. All right. So we're here in uh, chapter three. And we left off yesterday in verse 7, so we're going to pick up in verse 8. And if you'll remember, Nicodemus was kind of, he was not kind of, he was. The Lord Jesus Christ told him to marvel not. So he had pause. He was trying to figure out what was going on. He was really confused and trying to piece things together. And the Lord Jesus Christ makes a, a very uh, great excellent comparison to try to get Nicodemus to understand the situation going on. And he uses an example of the wind. So in verse eight, the wind bloweth where it listeth and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell from whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. And if you remember what Nicodemus was confused about is, can a man enter the second time into his mother's womb? He was completely confused about this idea of being born again. He cannot put these things together. He's trying. He's trying to make sense of this in his head. And he's asking some honest questions. I think Nicodemus is asking questions that if any one of us were put in this same scenario, we would more than likely ask the same questions, if not more. Right. Because Nicodemus, if you remember, was a Pharisee. So clearly he definitely had a, I say, a decent grasp of the Old Testament. I mean, at least had enough of it committed to memory that he could recall these things when they were brought up. That word listeth um, uh, is the Greek word thelo ethelo. And the meaning is to determine that is to choose or prefer by implication to wish that is to be inclined to. And one of the many definitions, when you look up the word list now, as I always say, I, you, I use a Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary, mainly because I use and prefer the King James Bible. You prefer another translation? No problem with that. This is just the translation I prefer and what I use. So that word list is not used in this way or this fashion anymore. But the definition in this context is properly to lean or to incline to propense, hence to desire or choose. So he's trying to get Nicodemus to understand 
This new birth is not something that you can see physically, but you definitely see the impact and and how it affects people because Nicodemus is trying to piece this together and he's he's thinking about physically seeing this new birth. So he's having a hard time wrapping his brain around this. He's like, all right, born again, enter into the mothers like how what in the world? How is this happening? And the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to rein him in like, okay, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing about seeing this new birth. That's not the point. The point is the effects of this new birth. And verse nine, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? He is still marveling, trying to understand how any of this is even possible. This man is per perplexed completely perplexed can you imagine being the type of person that always has the answer especially concerning biblical and spiritual things and being completely stumped and sat down and sunned you just sitting there like yo i how is this even possible what are you talking about i don't know verse 10 jesus answered and said unto him art thou a master of israel and knowest not these things. Now, this is a check on the pride of Nicodemus. He's humbled. He's brought low. This does not bother him at all. And it kind of points to something. Normally, when people get to the point where they're ready to receive the truth, not much offends them concerning truth, right? When I came When I came to an understanding that I was broken and undone and I required a savior, I really wasn't too concerned with what people said about different sins that I had in my life. I wasn't too offended by that. The only thing I was focused on is I'm undone. How do how do I fix this between me and God? Because I am undone. And I think Nicodemus has come to this point. He's his pride is out the window. He doesn't care at this point. And I believe this interaction is recorded for us to see just that the Lord Jesus Christ is like, yo, you you're a master of Israel concerning spiritual things and you don't notice. Yo, that'd be that'd be a low point. And verse 11, verily, verily, I say unto I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. The Lord Jesus Christ is telling Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus is skeptical. A person asks questions when they're skeptical and there's nothing wrong with being skeptical. You're skeptical. You're inquisitive. You want to know you're brought to a place where you have no idea what's going on and you're trying to piece things together. And I think that's this is where Nicodemus is at. I think part of it is really wanting the truth. And part of it is also skepticism, right? Most, most scholars, most scholarly people that I've ever met or read behind are natural born skeptics. I just went to the bookstore today with, um, with my youngest daughter and I bought two books from C.S. Lewis and everything I've read about C.S. Lewis, I don't know much about his life, so I'm not going to you know, act like I'm a very knowledgeable dude on his life. But from what I'm told, he kind of started his path as agnostic, kind of a skeptic. 
and and ended and ended up believing from what I've read. So again, a lot of scholarly men, I think people in general, not just men, men and women, I think are naturally skeptics. So here Nicodemus is is skeptical and the Lord Jesus Christ is pointing out some of this skepticism, right? And the Lord Jesus Christ is letting him know. He he first assures him that he's speaking of things that he knows, right? We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen. Lord Jesus Christ is letting him know these are things that I know about and I've seen. I'm not just spewing off some nonsense to you. And since Nicodemus believes and knows that the Lord Jesus Christ is come from God, now the dilemma is, all right, he's testifying to me something that he definitely knows and have seen. So I can't be skeptical. I got to get to the bottom of understanding this. Uh, verse 12 through... Let me see where I'm going. I think I'm going to go verse 12 through 15. All right. If I told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Let me read that again for you. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So. I like I like portions of scripture like this, because what we find is there's things in the Old Testament that pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, for us, I think most people who most believers who study their Bible, as you study, when you see certain things said, especially in the Old Testament, you can kind of connect, connect those things to New Testament ideas. Is it not? And it's not too far fetched for you to say, oh, this really looks like it's pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's because we have the privilege of one, having history to look back on and two, having a complete Bible with all of the accounts from the old Testament and the new Testament. At this time, someone like Nicodemus or anyone at this time didn't have that privilege, right? So that the ref, the serpent in a wilderness if you read that story, as a matter of fact, I'm a go to. But if you read that story and you've read through your New Testament, immediately you see the similarities between what's going on and the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to go to it. It's in the book of Numbers. Uh, Numbers chapter, I believe I got chapter 21. And verses 7 through Nine. So the people have rebelled against God. They violated God. They violated his word. And we're reading what happened after this. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord 
that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if uh, that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. All these people had to do was look upon the serpent and they would live. Now, what did that take? It was really no action from them. They had to believe what God said. God said, look here, that serpent bites you. You look up here at this fiery serpent. You're going to be good. That takes some faith to, to believe that. To just know, all right, I've been bitten by this poisonous snake. I ain't worried about it. God said, all I have to do is look up here at this fiery serpent that uh, that Moses has up on this rod and I'm good. That's faith. That's a lot of faith. So. If and what he what he drew out also before I miss this, the Lord Jesus Christ drew out to Nicodemus. If you question the things that I'm telling you that you can clearly see. Um, how can you. If you're going to question that, how are you going to perceive the spiritual things that I'm telling you? He's making Nicodemus think about a lot like this is some this some this is probably, in my opinion. One of the most intimate interactions you see with the Lord Jesus Christ and a person that comes to him questioning things as far as eternity, as far as his purpose and as far as salvation. And I believe the reason is Nicodemus came to him with an honest heart. I don't think Nicodemus came to him in pride. Like I said in the last video, his pride was out the window. He's just trying to get to the truth. One of the most quoted verses in the Bible in my lifetime. Uh, maybe it's not the most quoted to you, but I've heard this verse quoted. I, I can't even count how many times even before I got said, I think I knew this verse well before I got saved, John three sixteen. I'll leave off on this one today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here's the funny thing. I never paid attention to the fact that when you look at the Old Testament and you look at the, the offerings, it was always for for people to bring the first fruits, the first fruits. That's always what you heard. Bring to God your first as an offering. And what did God offer up for sin? His only begotten son. I think that was a that was a picture of what was to come. And again, like I said, this is probably one of the most quoted verses, in my opinion, that I've heard out of the Bible. Nicodemus had questions and the Lord Jesus Christ 
had answers. Just like I said before, I don't think the Lord Jesus Christ will leave anyone who's really questioning what's going on with life hanging. If you want to know, he'll give you the answers. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.